Some of y'all thinking already, you're like, video games or Christmas, what's this got to do with anything? I promise you, by the time you get done with this series, you're like, I see where he's going. I see how he made it happen. But one of the reasons we love doing fun things at Christmas, because kids love them. That's why we got Sonic the Hedgehog out there and Donkey Kong. They can take pictures. And can you give it up for all of the people making these beautiful pictures and all these sets? Come on, give it a little Jason Elliott love, a little tricky love. Because I tell you, it is one of my favorite times of the year just because we can have a lot of fun and invite your friends, let them come out and have a good time. You got a chance to get on the stage and win some valuable prizes. And when you walk out of here, it might just change your life. You may go, you know what, man, I got something out of the day. That is our goal. Now, when you talk about video games, you're probably already stretching it going, how in the world is he going to make this work? We know kids love them, but adults love them too. And I'm going to prove it to you. About 10 years ago, we were doing series, having a lot of fun, and it was called Redneck Christmas. Now, this is my boy Jeff Warren was working with us now, big country, does Dream Hunt now. He was on staff here. He went to launch Dream Hunt, just a great friend, and we were cutting up and having a little fun, and this was one of the first times in the history of Simple Church that we incorporated video games into the message. You're probably saying, well, how did you do it on Redneck Christmas? Well, watch the video. See you in a minute. Redneck Christmas? You gotta be kidding me, man. Hey. All I'm telling you is, is everybody thinks it's a good idea. I don't fully understand it, but I mean, we're going to try it. Have you even ever been hunting? Dude, I've never been hunting, but I do know this. If I was to go hunting, I'd smoke you. Not one-on-one, -on -one, you can't. You better get a team. I, d I just got one question. I mean, uh, does this go in this part? You got to be kidding me, man. Dude, I well, just don't know. It's been a while. That's, that's what you're going to hunt with? Yeah, baby. Don't worry about that. I know how to do it. <laughs> Ducks are dying today, son. Been here long enough, man. We ain't seen a duck. Uh, but I do have an idea. I know how we can settle this, and you don't need your camo to settle this. Ready? Game on, dude. Where my old school gamers at? Come on, y'all. Little duck hunt, man, Nintendo, that's a lot of fun, but here's the deal. So we get in here, we're having fun, it's our first time we ever bring a video game in. We, it was awesome, Redneck Christmas, next level. But while we kick off the service, we have a little fun with the video, there's a lady sitting in the audience, and she sees what we're doing, and she says, you know what, I want to play Justin in a video game. We're like, somebody, they send us an email, we're like, what are you talking about? So Jeff actually coordinates this, so it goes from duck hunt and having a little fun. We had no idea we'd go down the video game route, route excuse me, 10 years ago, but here we are, and guess who wanted to play me? You'll never guess, actually. Watch this right here. She saw what you did at church and all that kind of stuff last week, and she says she can play, and she said she wants to play you. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't scared of nobody. And if, and if this girl wants to play me in a video game, I say bring it on. Hello. Hey, Ms. Girl. How are you? Oh, good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a gamer. Well, did you come to play? I, I did, but is there somebody here that's going to play? Are you ready? I, Let's I think... play. <laughs> What are we going to do? What are we playing? 
Angry Bird. I think I still might be able to beat you. I kind of doubt that, Justin. That's called going to school, Justin. <laughs> 87 years young, this lady says, hey, Mr. Greer, she's like, I want some of him. I'm going to make it happen. So we're like, did you hear what she said? It's angry bird. Not angry birds. There's just one angry bird. She really did school me, all right? So then, we, just for fun, we went next level, and uh, we had to introduce her. That was playing on the Roku. You could actually play angry bird. She found it, so we decided to bless her when she turned 87. Here's one more video for you. Watch this right here. 87 years old. Happy birthday. I'm 87 young. <laughs> Y'all. All right, look. A video game and grandmother needs the newest video game to come out. Oh, this is your Wii. This is a brand new Wii. Now watch this right here. Just take you to school. You've been playing this. Come on, y'all. Give it up, Miss Greer, man. How awesome is that? So you think about it. It's like young people. It's old people. And this is what makes it fun for us. Make sure you tell your friends, your neighbors. Let them come on in. We'll have a good time with it. If you want to get on stage and you want to play, make sure you turn in that communication card through your app. You go to the app and you download it. You can win trips. You can get on the stage. Just tell us what you want to do so we can put you on the stage and have fun with it. Now, the reason I bring up video games today is because, yes, we got a little history in Simple Church, but I was a teen of the 80s. Where are my old people at? Come on, old people. This is where it all started. I found this old school picture, speaking of the 80s. Look at this right here, son. That's my mom and my dad getting that frosted tree done, son. We had it done, making it fun. But around this time, it may have been just a little bit before that, uh, my parents put all the money together, and they brought home one of my favorite Christmas gifts ever, and that is that Atari 2600. Y'all remember that old Atari? Now, it's like these young kids are playing Pac-Man. They don't know much about that. But that Atari 2600 was the original because it brought the uh, arcade into your home. And I found an old school commercial just to educate the young people. Watch this right here. like to thank you for taking us into your homes. We wish you all a happy holiday. Come on, give it up love for my Tara. Now, I actually still have my Atari. Next week, I might bring it back out here. People are crazy. They think I'm nuts because I still keep all this stuff. But it was a big deal to me when I got it that Christmas. It was awesome to be able to not have to go to the arcade or the mall or the skating rink or the bowling alley to play video games because at that point, that's all you could do. You had to go somewhere to play video games and Atari said, no, we're going to bring it into your house. That's how it started. Now, I, as I look back over my life, have great memories going to, we had all-star lanes over in South Shreveport and then Hot Wheels Skating Rink. They had video games in there. It was a big part of it. And the mall actually had arcades in it. And we would spend countless hours in there. And I would go to my dad's little counter. I'd get all his quarters. I'd steal his quarters when he wasn't looking, go in there. And we'd just play for hours because it was the thing to do. 
It was awesome. Now, for you young people, again, you're like, I don't even know what that's about. I hadn't seen it. I've done you a favor again. All the old people, I want you to look for some of your favorite movie stars. And young people, I want you to watch and relive some of the best moments in our lives because we're going back into the arcade through famous movies. And when you see all of these different scenes, you might see some of your favorite stars, and they're all in the arcade. Watch. Y'all put your hands together one more time, a little education, a little history there. Now, the reason I play that is because my kids were always envious of the 80s. They were like, Dad, that had been one of the best times ever to grow up. And I'm like, it was. And why they think that is because a modern show that actually inspired these young people, Stranger Things, they came up and showed you what it was like to go back to the arcade. So because this show was popular with all the kids, you saw the outside of the arcade, they saw the inside of the arcade, and they're like, man, if we could just go back in time, it looked like it was so much fun, it was so cool. Well, it was, and I've got good news for you. You wish you could go back, we're going to help you go back, because they have launched over in Frisco, where our other Simple Church campus is, is something called the National Video Game Museum. We spend a lot of time over in Frisco, and we ran across this, and this is one awesome location because, like we have out in the foyer, you got the history of video games. They've got it next level there, and at the very end, they have a large arcade that is just like going back into the 80s, so when my kids heard about this, they were like, Dad, we got to go, so we went over and checked it out, and we had a good time with it, and then we came back, and the staff started hearing about it, and so we decided to take the staff kids on a challenge, adults versus kids, and then we decided everybody against everybody to see who could win the arcade challenge going back to the 80s and have a little fun here is the video just a recap where guess what your family can go too i'm gonna tell you how after this video check it out hey we're at the national video game museum about to have an 80s arcade battle everybody versus everybody let's see who comes out as the number one winner old school let's go that was a glitch I'm playing all the games. I'm winning. You're winning all the I've won two times. No, come on, that's terrible. 530. Yeah, I died. It's okay. It's okay. He's being distracted, but that's called losing. I'm nervous. This game is tough. Sales. 
Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh. How'd you do that? That was sick. I don't think I'm good at the feet at the legs. Emma versus Blake. Yeah! Emma <laughs> has not lost. She is winner of the winner's bracket. Blake has lost one. The people's champion. So the advantage is, is Emma has to lose twice for Blake to win. Oh, man. So you have an advantage in order to do this. So congratulations on making it to the final round. We gotta come up with something better than that. Congrats! <laughs> come on, y'all! Come on, y'all, give it up for my baby Emma. My baby won it all. She didn't really win but a couple of tokens, but it was a lot of fun. But guess what? You can win tickets to go and take your family. How do I do that, Justin? Right here on the app, on the Simple Church app, if you go to where the communication card is, this is what it's going to look like. You can click on there, and you in the notes section, you say, I want to go to Frisco. I want to go to the National Video Game Museum, and we're going to be drawing from that. You can also say, I want to play on stage. Use the app and tell us that you want to play, that you want to be a part of it. We're going to make sure that we... Pick some people, and we're going to send you on a trip and have a good time. And if you're on this stage, you get to win Cyport, $100 to Cyport, plus all this. You win a whole lot of stuff. Have a great Christmas holiday. So make sure you download the app and tell us that you want to be a part of it. So, so how are you going to make this video game series work? Justin, we appreciate the history. We appreciate the fun. But how are you going to tie it to the Bible, and how are we going to actually learn something? Well, I'm going to give you some lessons that I have learned from playing video games that actually tie to a biblical insight, a biblical truth. Some some of you will go, I don't know how you're going to do this, but hang on, man. We've been doing it for 15 years, and I promise you, by the time you walk out of here, you're going to go, I didn't see that come. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but hopefully, it'll change your life. It'll inspire you, encourage you. It'll help you when you leave out of this building this morning, or if you're watching online, when you turn the TV off, the you know, computer, you'll go, all right, I got something. So let me go old school again. Anybody remember this game right here? Let's take our first lesson. Where are my Pac-Man lovers at? Miss Pac-Man, come on. So... Old people, I want you to listen. You're going to help the young people out today. What was the goal of Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man? Does anybody know what the goal was? Holler it out if you think you know what it is. Anybody know? Okay, I can barely hear some of you. Some of you are thinking it was levels. Remember, some people are saying, well, you got to clear the level. Some people are saying maybe high score. Well, this is the answer if you said high score. Remember, you want to put your initials in there. Man, it was old school. You'd get to the top. You'd have to clear all these different levels. And the way you did that, when you finally got there, you can put the high score on the screen. And that way, when everybody walked up there, mine was J-U-T, Jut. So I'd be, they'd be like, look at Jud up at the top. And they'd always be trying to beat the next score. But the only way you could get the high score, as we learned as kids were playing on the stage today, is you have to advance to the next level. That is the goal. And as a kid... We were obsessed with advancing to the next level. Back then, they didn't have pause buttons. You couldn't save games. The Atari, you had to play, and whenever you played, you did not leave that game until you broke the high score or you cleared that next level. That meant you didn't go to sleep, or that meant you got a catheter if you had to. All right? That's the way it was. 
You couldn't go to the bathroom. You couldn't say, hold on a second. If, when the game started, you had to play it out. Some of you are going, well, that's just ridiculous, Justin. I mean, kids need to get a life. You don't need to be wasting your life playing video games and just sitting there doing all that. You know, It's just silly. Well, here's the irony, and here's where it brings all of us back into the room. Isn't it interesting that adults are also obsessed with getting to the next level? Think about this. As a kid, it was video games, and it really didn't matter, but you'd kind of play and play, trying to get the high score. And we would be made fun of. Our parents were like, that's just ridiculous. But at the same time we're playing these video games, our parents or the adults around us were obsessed with getting to the next level. They were going, man, how do we get the new house? How do we get the new car? Whatever it is. And maybe, just maybe, the kids were learning from the adults. Maybe they were just obsessed going, all right, look, mom and dad, I'm over here playing the video game, but I'm watching you in the real world, and you really are obsessed to the level that it is kind of crazy. Man, it's like, I got to get a better job. I got to get a better house. I got to get a better car. Now, anybody frustrated at the holiday season with airline drive and Yuri drive, let me hear you. Where are you at? Come on. You live in Shreveport, you get on that road, you're like, oh my gosh, look at this traffic, how am I getting through it? You go to airline, it's insane. So when I tell you that you want to go next level, when I show you this, this is the Christmas gift some of you men have been waiting for forever. This is a real deal. My brother is going to be envious, but this is the truth. This is not made up. they got about seven or eight models they're working on right now. And as a kid, I never thought it would be possible, but guess what? Next level cars are right around the corner. Watch. I don't know, man. The future is now. This is, it, it's coming. Come on, who wants that for Christmas now? Come on. Can you imagine? Like, I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that was possible. But now that we've seen it, you're going, man, oh, well, that will be nice. And some of you go, oh, that's so far-fetched. Listen, man, having a TV screen that skinny was far-fetched too. But before long, we're always looking for the next thing. And before long, it's here. And we're going, man, I want it. I got to have it. I got to need that. I got to have that thing, whatever it may be. Well, it brought up the next question that many of us in here probably have thought about or we definitely will think about when it comes to Christmas. And that is, are we ever satisfied? You know, you get the latest, greatest car, and the next year a new one comes out. You get the latest, greatest phone, the next year another one comes out. And our kids are going, I got to have that car. I got to have this phone. I got to have that. I got to have this. And where are they learning it from? Ironically, why they want to go to the next level is because they see us in the same pursuit as adults. Proverbs 30, 15 gives us a little insight when it says, greedy people know only two things, give me and give me. They're never satisfied. Scripture knows it. We know it. We just don't like dealing with it. We don't want to have to look at it or think about it. But it is a part of our culture. 
Proverbs continues in uh, 27 when it says, so human desire is never satisfied. That's why we are always on the pursuit to get to the next level. And in the video game world, what they did was pretty ingenious. They came up with cheat codes. They came up with unlimited lives. You could get this cheat code and it would help you to never die in Pac-Man. You could have unlimited men. You know what I'm saying? You miss Pac-Man, unlimited women. You could just keep on going on. And then it was like, if I have this cheat code, then I can finally get there. I'm going to succeed. And it's been said before in the midst of all this going on that video games are just an escape from reality. Well, the reason I bring this up is because in many ways, as adults, that's still what we're battling with. As we make fun of kids and talk about kids, I can't believe they waste their time doing this. How much more do we waste times in our escape from reality? If you think through it and you go through, aren't adults trying to do the same thing when you go to the casino? You just want a little bit of a break. I just need a break. You may have a budget. You're not addicted. It's not a big problem. But it's just like, man, I just need to get away for a little bit. I get it. Shopping for some people, you're like, man, I'm going to the mall or I'm going to look at this place. Or if you ever been over to Shields in Frisco, huge, huge, huge uh, store with all kind of sports equipment and everything. It's like, man, it's just fun. I'm just escaping. Maybe for some, it's an adult beverage. You may say, you know what, man, I'm not, I don't have no problem. I just need a glass of wine at night to kind of just escape from reality. Helps me just to get there, right? A quick getaway, a vacation, or a sports event. You're like, hey, I got to go watch this sport event, or just give me a minute. I'm going to watch the game. And then it happens. Back to life, back to reality, because your team loses. I'm not going to mention LSU right now. It's not an escape when your team loses. People always mess with them. It's not escape when you get pulled over. Here's a little video just to have a little fun with it. I pulled this different images together and I, hit, I set my DVR to record the biggest loser. It keeps recording the Dallas Cowboys. Thank you, whoever you are. Then you got the recession coming in 2023. You know, you got people getting pulled over DUI. You're like, man, that's not very fun. You know, I don't want to have to do that. Or gambling deaths and bankruptcy. You're like, oh my gosh. Because all of a sudden you're trying to escape reality but it's back to reality. Because those things never quite work when your team loses or you get pulled over or you go in debt. You lose too much money. That's all of a sudden you thought you were going to have fun. Man, man, we got a chance. And then it's like, whoa. I get it. It is an escape for me to watch the Cowboys and have a little fun with there. But when they lose, it does affect me. I mean, I know it shouldn't. You're like, just grow up, man. It doesn't matter. No, but I'm hoping, man. It's like, oh, whatever. You can do the same thing. If you go away on a trip... And you get away and things don't go right and you thought it was going to be good and then it didn't happen the way you thought and you're like, ah, oh, it's a big letdown. You could go through all of these things. We're never quite satisfied. And then most of us believe this next statement. And I have a feeling you'll be with me on this because I definitely struggle with it. Joy is only possible if my situation changes. So many of you are thinking, even today, how do you get next level? Well, when I change my job. When I finally get that job, things are going to be better. Or when I move out of this city, I hate Shreveport Boulder. I'm moving to a better city. That's when my joy, that's when I'll be happy. When you finally get that new car, that new house, or even better, that new spouse. Hey. Man, if I can just get rid of them, if I can just get rid of that, then I'm going to finally arrive at peace and joy and happiness. I'm going to get there. That's going to take me next level. Well, then as I begin to put these notes together and work through the series, thinking about video games and how we're obsessed with getting to the next level as adults, we just keep working for it and keep believing and chasing it and never satisfied, really. I start asking myself this question. Is it possible 
to live next level right now? What if we could? Some of you are going, man, I don't know about that. Come on, Justin. Recession is next year. I don't know if you're looking at anything. How are you going to go next level when we're losing money? How are we going to go next level? And every time I get on Facebook, it's an affair. It's something else happening in somebody else's life. Or even worse, maybe it's something in our society that has gotten your attention. You're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's this difficult or that challenging. These are some dark times. I'm with you. I get it. But I'll draw you back into Scripture, and I'm going to go Old Testament for a little bit, and that's the front half of the Bible. Look close at what they were battling with and how it does apply to where we are today. You ready? Isaiah 9. Those people lived in darkness. So this is a guy by the name of Isaiah, and he is a prophet. He is always about telling you what's going to happen. That's what a prophet does. It's like, man, this is what it's looking like. This is how it's going to work. And it's found in the book of Isaiah. And he's talking about the people of Israel at that time living in darkness. But he says, one day they're going to see a great light. One day there's going to be something that's going to change the darkness to light. They lived in a place as dark as death. When you start thinking about dark, that's tough. Some of you experienced a death in this past year. Some of you walked through some of the darkest times in your life. And you're trying to say, my next level is not a house, a car. I'm just trying to get out of the pit I'm in. I get it. And Isaiah gets it, because then he goes on, but there's going to be a great light that will shine on them. All right, Isaiah, what are you talking about? A great light? I mean, how is this going to work? Well, thank God the scripture continues, because you will see, it says, God, you will make the nation grow. He's talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about, hey, it's going to turn, and things are going to get better. And you're going to make, this is my favorite part for many of us in here today, struggling with trying to find happiness through the holidays and all this stuff going on. You will make the people happy. And that's interesting that they'd even have that as a translation, that there would be some joy. It's not with their situation. It's not with all these things like, hey, well, how does their happiness, how does this joy happen? Then it says, they will rejoice in your presence as they do at harvest time. Now, some of you are like, what does that got to do with anything? Well, let me put it in our modern context so you can understand why he would write this down. Because in their time, it's like having the final big sales deal come through. For them, it was harvest. That meant things were successful. That meant everything went right. The rain was good. The sun was good. You know what I'm saying? There was no drought. There was no, you know, problems with the, the harvest. We're able to bring it all in, and it's a successful time. That's what they knew. Yours may be you met your sales goal. The company is doing outstanding. Everything's going right. He's like, man, that's when you know it, this presence, this joy is going to be such a level. It's like, man, when you finally get everything that you've been wanting when it comes to your desires, right? And then it continues on. It will be like the joy, right? This is another word. There it is. It will be like joy when people take their share of things they have won in war. Because back in that time, long thousands and thousands of years ago, right? It was this idea of harvest was a big win. And if you beat someone in war, you got to take everything that they had. So he's like, do you remember that, Israel? Do you remember how when the harvest came in, it was like, yes. And when you won in war, it was like, yes. He's like, that's what's going to happen. This great light is going to be like those things. It's something you can relate to. Then he continues when he says this, that will happen because you will lift the heavy yoke off their shoulders. You ever been weighed down? Do you feel like you're weighed down right now? I mean, you thought when COVID lifted and all that going, you'd be better, but all of a sudden you still feel like, man, it's just something still pressing on me. You feel like you still got heavy burdens? See, this is the way they felt, but it was next level. They didn't have technology. They didn't have all the things we have. 
Some of those things help us. Some of those things hurt us. But you can imagine, at least we have modern medicine. At least you have running water. You have toilets. Well, these people are going, man, I got all kind of burdens. I got all kind of issues. I got everything weighing down on top of me. And so Isaiah is telling them, hey, all of this is going to change one day. Burdens will be lifted. There will be some happiness. There will be joy. There will be rejoicing. I don't know about you, but it sounds next level. So if you're sitting here today, like, when is this next level living going to happen? Because that's what they were asking Isaiah. They're like, next level living? When does that happen? Because I'm for it, because we're not there. Well, he tells them. You ready? Isaiah 9. This will happen when the special child is born. God will give us a son who will be responsible for leading the people. You know who this son is, right? Now, what you don't know, because like me, you may not know Bible history, Isaiah, this is 700 years before it's ever even thought about. He was prophesying. He was telling them, one day there's going to be a special child that will be born, and he's going to be responsible for leading us to a place that is light, for a place that raises the burdens off our shoulders. To a place that there is no darkness. And you're going, well, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not sure we still have it. Pay attention. Just hang in there. Because Isaiah also explains who he is and what he will be. He'll be a wonderful counselor. He'll be a powerful God. He'll be the father who lives forever. He will be the prince of peace. And then it ends with a key phrase. His power will continue. He's going to keep going next level and next level, it's going to continue to grow. And there will be peace without end. So I don't know about you. I don't know when you walked in here this Christmas, if you're going, man, I got all this stuff going on, and I don't feel like I'm going next level. I feel like I got darkness. I got burdens. There is no happiness. There is no joy. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Well, they were too. And as I stated before, 700 years before Matthew would write down what we read now and how it ties to the hope that was found in this special child being born. Matthew 1, 22 continues when it says, now remember, Isaiah is the front half of the Bible. Matthew's the back half. Matthew, it is written by a guy by the name of Matthew, an actual account of his story, his perspective. And he says, all of this happened to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Who's the prophet? Now you should know, that would be Isaiah. Well, what happened? Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, what does that mean? God is with us. For 700 years between Isaiah and Matthew, there had been a period of darkness. There had been a period of no hope. They were looking and praying for Emmanuel, God with us. And the story continues when you know that Joseph named this child Jesus. If I were to take you back to Isaiah when he's writing all this down, you want to be tripped out and you need some, you know, how do I know Jesus is real and how do I know it applies to me? 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah, I'll take you back to Isaiah 7 when he wrote down this. So the Lord himself will give you this sign. Remember the sign series? What's the sign, Justin? A virgin will become pregnant. She'll give birth to a son, and she will name him. What? Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, when is Isaiah written? 700 years before Matthew. 
If you go back to, if you don't mind, can I go back to Matthew's scripture, all right? Remember, I put it back up here. You got Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall give birth to a child, and his name will be Emmanuel. Matthew's going, it finally happened. You want to go next level? We need next level. We need darkness. We need burdens lifted. We need hope. We need joy. We need peace. It's found in the person of Jesus. This is next level. But what does all this mean, Justin? And how does it apply to me, especially this Christmas? I hear you, but how does all this work out? Well, this is where I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to hang in there. Because some of you grew up in church, and you've heard this before. This is nothing new. You're like, man, I, okay, I get it. Me too. For some of you, it's brand new because you never really knew the history, and you're kind of going, man, that is kind of interesting. I mean, I kind of see what's going on. I mean, this guy wrote it 700 years before it happened, and here's Matthew saying it happened. And just like there was a darkness and there was oppression and there were no rejoicing and they were all trying to get next level and tearing each other apart and all this stuff going on. Then finally they tell me that this child is coming, his name is Jesus, that's going to change all that. And now we know that Jesus has been born because that story is even thousands of years old. But what difference is it for you? What difference is it for me now? Well, here it is. If you want to get to the next level, if you want to win... The choice really is yours. Because I know just like you know that in this modern world there are so many distractions and so many things that are going on that get you off target. And many of you are saying, in this world, Justin, there's really no way to go next level. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but how do I get there? I mean, I can entertain the idea because I desire it. It's not in the stuff we own, I can tell you that. Because that stuff wears out and you have to buy the new one and it keeps coming out. I mean, trust me, you already know this as well as I do. Joy and satisfaction is not in the stuff you own. It breaks. You have to repair it. You're never satisfied with it. So what I've been working on, and I want to share with you, I'm not an expert. I am not there yet, but this is what I am working on. And I'm going to challenge you to do it from now all the way up until we get to Christmas. And you go, well, what is that? Well, if we're going to go next level... Let's choose Jesus every day. Not a one-time prayer that you're hanging on to when you were a kid. Not a baptize, you know, baptism that happened when your parents told you you were baptized in this church and it went on a long time ago and you know you know Jesus and it's going to be all right. No, that's part of our problem. It's like we've almost disconnected ourselves from this person of Jesus. We kind of get hung up in religious activity. Well, if I come to church or if I'm watching, and to be honest, we don't even come to church like we used to. We don't really watch like we used to. We're just like, man, I'm just trying to figure it out. But have we figured out that right now our way ain't working? Because I can tell you my way ain't working. And so every time I try to buy the latest thing or go to the next place, it may be a temporary satisfaction, but it doesn't really fulfill. And as you're trying to navigate that, it's like, Oh, how, and then remember, your kids are watching the whole time. Well, we just got to find the next great church. Okay, we, if we find the next church, then we're going to be good. Or if we just find the next this, it's going to be good. We gotta, and, and the truth is, it just it never really quite works. And so you're just always looking, never satisfied. And here is what I am working on. Been doing this a long time, been in ministry over 30 years. I find myself many days not choosing Jesus. I choose other stuff. Man, I kind of wonder why I didn't have a good day or why I wasn't focused on the right thing. 
And I kind of find myself getting in a dark place again. I was at, did a wedding last night. One of the guys catches me right there in the midst of it. And he goes, hey, man, I want you to know I appreciate what you did in the, you know, the wedding. I said, oh, man, it's cool. And he's like, I heard about Simple Church. I, he said, I, I think one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about y'all, y'all keep it simple. And I'm like, because I am simple. Yes, I got it. But he goes, my story is this. He said, dude, I got in church. They had a death of a child that just messed us up. And I ain't been back in over 10 years. I was involved. I played in the band. I was there. But I found myself standing on stage just playing empty chords. And I went to the pastor. I was like, dude, I can't keep doing this. I ain't going to do this anymore. And I get it. Because when you get to a dark place, you got an option. You're either going to choose Jesus or you're not going to choose Jesus. When you walk out of these doors, if you're trying to get to the next level, it's not going to be in the job promotion that you think is going to be there because you'll burn that money up too. And then according to where the promotion is, there'll be more stress and more issues you got to deal with. If it's moving to a new town, it's going to be, well, I don't have any friends here and I left all my friends or you're away from your family. Well, I'm going to move close to my family. Be careful what you wish for. Can I get an amen? I'm going to get a new car until the note comes. And you're like, oh my gosh, how much is that note? What are we doing? Insurance? Oh my Lord. Buy a new house and just repair the house. It's like it never ends. So you're like, oh my gosh, I've got all these things going on. And the next thing you know, you can't find Jesus anywhere. And then you have what John wrote, John 10.10. A thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is what we're battling against. Our enemy's real. He knows you. He knows me. He's going to throw all this other stuff out there to get your attention, to try to steal your joy, to try to kill you. Literally kill your spirit, your emotions. That's why your marriage struggles because, man, you're just not alive. You're really not satisfied. You ain't choosing Jesus. I mean, man, I'm hey, let me just watch the game. Then LSU loses by 30 or whatever. You're like, it's ridiculous. Woof. It's true. You just think, well, I, if, if this happens, I'm going to feel better. If this happens, it's like, no. And then all of a sudden, it's stealing your joy, killing you, destroying your life. Because then here's what Jesus, this is why I tell you to choose Jesus, because I came so that you can have life indeed. You ready for this? So that you could live life to the fullest. Unlimited lives. No cheat codes. Just a relationship. This is where you come back and you go, oh, I wonder if he really means it. No, here's the problem. The reason we don't believe this and we've not experienced it, because we're chasing all the other junk. And we really don't choose Jesus every day. Man, we're trying to, uh, if I can just get this job, I just need this promotion. I need this promotion. I got to have the promotion. And it don't work. For some of you, what marriage are we on right now? Well, I'm, if I can get rid of this one, boy, he was bad. I'm gonna, now, if I find this new, oh, I got the man of my dreams. Then he turns out to be, I don't know about this cat. Then you go to another one and another one. Everybody has something. Dude, I ain't making funny. I get it. We all are there. So this is why Jesus is like, dude, don't get distracted. Let's start and keep it simple. Just choose to focus on him. You go, well, why would we do that? John 15, 11 gives you a good reason. Jesus talking here, teaching, I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you. See, it's not just like it's out there somewhere. It can be inside of us. And your joy would be complete. See, this is our problem. We're not really complete. We don't really have it. And the reason why is we're trying to think next level living is all this other stuff. And he's like, no, complete joy is found in Jesus, in Jesus alone. 
Now, you struggle with that because there's got to be more than that. And I can't even see him. I can't touch him. And how am I going to do it in this world? I mean, I, I want to believe and I want to do it, but it just seems like I don't know about this. Well, here's more Jesus, John 17. But I say these things while I'm still in the world. Because we would say, well, Jesus, you don't even know what it's like down here. He's like, no, dude, I was here and I know how dark it is and I know how difficult it is. But I'm telling you, so my followers, my followers will have the same complete joy that I do. The same thing that Jesus had is available for you and me. Really, just Yeah, the challenge. You know what the challenge is to make all this happen, though? This is what I struggle with. I have a feeling you do. Especially even this time of year. You've got to make room for him. Remember the old Christmas story, right? Found in Luke. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of clothes, right? And laid him in a manger because there wasn't any room. Now, if you were to really put that to where we are today... How much room have you made for Jesus in the last week, the last month? Remember I told you about coming to church? Years ago, there was a tradition where people did not miss. Now, if you think about it, our culture has moved to, I get there when I can. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, but at least I can watch online. And, true, and I'm thankful, dude. Trust me, you watch online, thank you. You're in this room, thank you. But you and I both know, dude, it ain't quite like it used to be. So then you're thinking, well, I got I to gotta have some me time. Shoot, man, you know, working all the time, man. You know, my heart, I work. You know what I got to do? I, no, I get it. I got to get next level. A new car just came out. My kid got to have this car. Man, I got to have this house. Have you seen a new fishing boat? Man, hunting season here. Then how many times have you been hunting and it just don't quite satisfy, does it? It's always the next buck. It's the next mount. I got to get it and cut his head off, put him on the wall. Honey, look at that right there. Look at it. That's a 15-pointer. But there's a 20-pointer out there. I did it in the southern accent so you could relate. Y'all know what I'm saying? It could be anything. I've been to the Dallas Cowboys and been in the suite. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was sweet. But you know what the problem is? I want it again. I don't want to go sit in a seat. So you're never satisfied. I got to go, I, man, I, that'd be good, but I want this, I want that. It goes on and on and on. And I used to think about this growing up. I, I used to spend hours playing video games. <laughs> I would waste so much time, man. I'd be like, there wasn't any room in my life for anything else. I'd be playing video games. I'm a Madden guy. I was playing Madden, building my franchise. Because I'd be so mad at the Cowboys. I'm going to build the team I want. Can I get an amen on that? I'll fire that quarterback and fire. I'm the owner. They make you the owner in Madden. I'm like, I'm the owner. Put my name in there, Justin Hagler, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'd lose just like they do now, but I can restart. Well, why? Because it's like, I ain't got no room. I'd be playing. I'd be, oh, I got to play. I got to play. And then people are like, that's so stupid. You are so stupid. Can't believe you'd be playing video games. You're an adult. You want to check your social media account? Adult. You want to go check your screen time as an adult? You talking about no room? How much time do we spend right here? On TikTok. And you know why I say that? Because I'm just as guilty as you. Last night I saw a TikTok. I sent it to my wife. And it was like, if your wife ever come, I'm so tired, honey. I'm just so tired. I got to go to bed. I'm like, okay, honey, you go to bed. And then five minutes later, she sends you 20,000 TikToks. <laughs> I thought you were exhausted. I thought we were going to sleep.
You go look at your screen time as an adult, and you start walking through the bus, it's like, oh my gosh. We get distracted, and we don't make any room for them. So I ran across this video, and I hope that as you see this, especially between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's so difficult, so challenging. But man, as we walk through this series, try to come, try to invite somebody, because I think it's going to help you. I ain't saying it because, man, we just got to have a full house, brother. No, man, I really want you and your family to be different this Christmas. I want your friends to feel and experience something different. I want it to be next level. Not because of the sets as awesome as they are, but because you find Jesus in the midst of everything else and you make room for him and you choose him. I think this video you can relate to, it certainly affected me. Watch. In Jeremiah, he wrote down something I think that speaks to all of us today. I know it speaks to me. It says, you're going to search for me. And when you search for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. So maybe the only reason you're here today is not to play video games, not to take a picture as cool as those things are. It's so that you can find Jesus. Because you've been searching. You're trying to figure it out. How do I go next level? How do I get it figured out? And my challenge to you, just like it is to myself, is that we will not look at all this other stuff, but this, as the old hymn says, turn our eyes towards Jesus. And that's rare for me to do this, but I'm praying that as we have a couple of minutes before we walk out here back in the chaos, you might could have a moment. Kind of helps you to get ready for this holiday season and this week. Fathers, we get ready to walk out of here. I pray they'd give us just another two minutes. And in that two minutes that they would be challenged to look at you from the moment that you were born to the moment that you went to that cross, that our hope was found in Emmanuel, God with us. Help us, Father, to turn our eyes towards you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
Fathers, we get ready to walk out of here. I pray that if there's someone trying to get next level today, that they would do as we've learned in your scripture. Turn our eyes towards you, focus on you, and not all these other distractions, and that you promise to give us life and life to the fullest. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I've messed up because I know I have. I put other stuff in place of you. I've not given you the time that I need to give you, but today I want to make a fresh start, a new beginning, and I want you to change me. Help me, Jesus, to choose you in the midst of all the other choices out there that I put my trust and my hope and my faith in you. And as we walk out of these doors, it wouldn't be just a one-time prayer. It'd be when we wake up to go to work, when we're driving home, we're in the midst of the craziness of school or our schedules, that we would look for those moments. We'd make room for you. And as we do that, God, you would change us this Christmas, that we would be able to experience you at a new level. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen out there somewhere?